All right, you guys can turn to Romans 6. Romans 6. Well, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but in life, not all days are created equal, are they? Most days in your life are pretty routine, unremarkable. You do the same thing you've always done and the same thing you will always do. There's nothing that stands out about them. And so 10 years later, you won't remember an average routine day at all. But then every once in a while, you have a remarkable day, a a momentous day that somehow changes your life in a significant way. You are different after that day, after that event. Those are the days that stick with you. Those are the days that you remember. I was thinking back this week to my own wedding day. Ten years ago, August 9th, 2003, I married Julie. And and it's fascinating, just a little exercise in memory, for me to compare my my recollection of that day, August 9th, 2003, about ten years ago, with the Saturday one week before, August 2nd, 2003, seven days before I got married. What do I remember about that Saturday? Nothing. Literally nothing at all. I'm not just saying I can't remember what I ate for breakfast. I can't remember what town I lived in that day. I was moving around a lot before the wedding. I don't remember anything about that Saturday. But the Saturday I got married, seven days later, I remember that day in vivid detail. I remember the feeling of anxiety and excitement fighting in my stomach as I woke up in the morning. And and I remember that, that view as the doors opened and I saw Julie in her dress for the first time. And I remember winning a, a, actually a large bet with my groomsmen and bridesmaids by beating the pastor of the gun and kissing my wife before he gave us permission, which is one of... <laughs> That is one of my crowning achievements in life. I'm really, really proud of that one. Uh, I remember the wedding or the weather on the way to the reception. I remember the taste of the chicken. I remember the lighting in the ballroom. I remember Trey Corey, our very kind college pastor, shoving rose petals in my pants as we left the venue. Um, I remember that day in incredible, incredible detail because it was an extraordinary day. It was one of those days that changes everything. I went into it a single man. I came out of it a married man. My life was radically different, and so it stuck with me. Not all days are created equal. Some are momentous. They are extraordinary. They stick with you for the rest of your life because they change everything. And today, for 16 of our brothers and sisters in Christ here at Southwood, we get to celebrate one of those days. We get to celebrate their baptism today. And the New Testament is very clear. The day of our baptism is an extraordinary day. Actually, according to Jesus, the, the, the day of your baptism is actually the most significant public event of your life. In, in Jesus' eyes, your wedding day is smaller to him than your baptism day. So that's, you look through the New Testament. It's all about baptisms. That's the big public event of the New Testament. It's a momentous day that we get to celebrate today. But before we do that, before we get people up here and start dunking them, let's make sure that we understand this thing called baptism. What is it about? Why is it so significant? Let's talk about that for a moment. The first question I want us to think about a little bit is, is what is baptism? What does it mean? It's it's not easy to answer that question. Baptism is kind of an unusual thing in our society. Just put yourself in the shoes of an average American, average American Joe who's never been part of the church, doesn't know about this Christianity thing, and he shows up this morning and he watches us dunk fully clothed people in a fiberglass hot tub up on a stage. He's going to think that's weird. 
right? That's, that's a little odd. He's got no grid for that. This baptism thing is, is kind of strange. So, so what's going on in it? What is the idea? Well, it comes from a Greek word, baptizo. And in Greek, that word means to submerge something in liquid, like water. So this is a word that you used when you were dipping a cloth in a dye so that it would take on the, the stain of that dye. It's also the word that Greeks would use to describe what happens to a boat when it sinks, if your fishing boat sank, they would say, sorry, bro, your boat got baptized because that's what it is. Um, so it means simply to submerge something in liquid. So it's, it's not surprising that when people see John the Baptist and then Jesus and then his disciples and then us dunking people in water, that it picks up this word. This is the word used to describe it. This ceremony where, where John and Jesus dunked people underwater and raised them back up in front of lots of people, that ceremony got called baptism. But what is that ceremony actually about? What is the the spiritual significance of this immersion in water? Well, Romans 6 is where we find the answer to that. So look at Romans 6. We'll see what Paul says about the meaning of baptism starting in verse 3. Paul says, Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we've been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Paul tells us here that that baptism, which which they would have known, this is water baptism. In the ancient world, if you hear baptizo, they knew that meant in water. So water baptism identifies you with the death and resurrection of Jesus. That's the basic idea of this public ceremony. In front of lots of other people, you get dunked in water as a ceremony of identification with your Savior, Jesus. We dunk you under the water to identify you with him going into the grave. We raise you out of the water to identify with you rising with him, rising out of the grave. That's what it means. It's all about identification, public identification with Jesus. That's what this ceremony is this morning. We get to identify our brothers and sisters in Christ with Jesus, with their Savior. And that's what baptism is, but what is the significance of this ceremony? Why is it so significant to Jesus? Why does he view this ceremony as more important than the ceremony of your wedding? Why is this the most significant public ceremony to him? Well, um, if you ask that question in various churches around America, one answer that you will hear from a lot of godly churches, a lot of godly believers, is the reason that baptism is so important is because it saves you. They look at Romans 6, what we just read. Baptism identifies you with Jesus. That sure sounds like saving kind of stuff. Or, or they might look at 1 Peter 3, 21. Baptism now saves you. Peter can't get much clearer than that, can you? Um, and so they would say, well, baptism is what washes your sins away. It's what gives you eternal life in a relationship with God. We would say no. We'd say that, that's, that's not actually correct. And we would respond with passages like Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, two of the most important verses you'll find anywhere in your Bible. Paul says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Paul is clear, salvation is by faith alone. All you have to do to be saved is believe. You believe the good news about Jesus, that Jesus, God's son, died for you. He took your punishment on himself, died in your place, and then rose from the dead so that you could have eternal life as a free gift. That's what grace means. Salvation is yours by grace. Free gift. You don't have to work for it. It's yours for free if you believe. 
And Paul is explicit here. Works don't play any role. Works are not required at all. And baptism is a work. It's something you have to do. Just ask the people coming up here. It's actually kind of scary work to get up here on a stage in front of 800 people and get baptized. That's a big work. And Paul is clear. That's not required for salvation. So baptism is not what saves you. It's not required for salvation. So how do we reconcile that passage with Romans 6 or 1 Peter 3? It's actually really simple. We just point people to marriage. If you ever wondered, marriage is actually a lot like baptism. If you ask me, Blake, are you married? I don't actually have to say anything. All I have to do is this, right? What's right, right there? You know what that is. The right piece of hardware on the right finger, on the right hand, tells you explicitly whether I'm married or not. You don't even have to ask me the question. You just see that on my finger and you know in our society that symbolizes to everyone that I am married. Now, let's be clear real quick. Does this ring marry me to Julie? No, it doesn't. If I lose this ring, I don't lose my marriage. If Julie and I would have been poor when we were married and she couldn't afford this, well, that would not have prevented us from getting married because marriage is based on your vows. That's the reality of marriage, your commitment to one another. This is just a symbol. That's all it is, just a symbol that shows everyone that you're married. But in our society, the symbol is so connected to the reality of the vows that we can just point to the symbol and you know that I'm married. That's exactly how baptism worked back in the early church. There was no controversy over it. There were no theological debates about baptism. Baptism is just the thing that everybody did the moment that they believed. If you read the book of Acts, it's actually fascinating. Um, When someone believed, they did not wait years to get baptized. Uh, They did not wait months. They did not wait days. They did not wait hours. They were baptized literally minutes after believing. When people believe, they start looking around for water. Where can we do this? A bucket? What do we need right now? Because baptism is just what everyone did. It was the public symbol. You can't see my faith, so let me get dunked right now to show you the reality of what just happened. My faith has saved me. Baptism is just the symbol of it. So Peter and Paul can point to the symbol baptism to refer to the reality of faith. So baptism doesn't save you. That's not why baptism is significant. You're saved by faith alone through the grace alone of God. So why exactly is baptism so significant if it doesn't save you? Well, the Bible gives us three reasons why the day of your baptism is so momentous, why it is so significant. The first is is because it is a day of obedience. The day of your baptism is the day that you obey a very explicit command from your Savior. Jesus said in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. These are Jesus' final marching orders to us, his church, and right in the middle is baptism in water. It was very clear, very explicit. That's why when you read the New Testament, you'll see there's no such thing as an unbaptized believer for more than a few minutes. Everyone just got baptized immediately because it's really clear. Jesus was very explicit. Again, just like marriage. You say your vows, and within seconds you exchange rings because that's just what everyone does. Now think about my wedding day when Julie handed me this ring. How do you think she would have felt as, it, as she's putting on this ring on my finger if I would have said, um, wait, sweets, uh, that, that's just too big a step for me right now. That's a big old commitment to put a ring on my finger. Why don't we wait a few years and see how this thing goes? And then we'll, we'll revisit this ring. How would Julie feel? Yeah, not real great. Probably about like Jesus feels when we believe but refuse to be baptized. That, that's never the way it was meant to be. You believe and immediately you put on the symbol of baptism to show 
your obedience to Christ. So baptism is meant to be uh, immediately done as an act of obedience to Jesus. It's not a suggestion. It's not an option. It's a command. Now, if the idea of coming up here and getting dunked on stage terrifies you, that's okay. The Bible doesn't command that you get baptized in a fiberglass tub on a stage in front of 800 people. That, that's not required. We can find another venue for you that is not as scary if that's what you need, but you need to get baptized. All of us do in obedience to Christ. So it's significant because Jesus explicitly commanded it. Second reason it's so significant is because your baptism is that moment when you publicly declare to the world your allegiance to Jesus Christ. Paul says in Galatians 3, 27, for all of you who, ha- who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. I love that imagery. When you get baptized, you're clothing yourself with Jesus. And what it makes me think of is uh, signing day in college football. So you got a bunch of recruits who, who have been planning for who knows how long to come to a particular school. Let's say Texas A&M. They've been planning on it, but yes, it would be great. Um, <laughs> they've been planning on it, but it's not until signing day when they're sitting down in front of all the cameras and they put on that A&M hat or that A&M jersey that they are declaring to the world their allegiance to our team, saying, I belong. This is the team I'm on. Well, that's what baptism is. It's our signing day. It's when we declare to the world that we belong to team Jesus, that this is the team that we commit our lives to, that he is the Lord, the master that we will follow, that we will obey. It's this momentous day where in front of all these witnesses, we declare, this is where I belong with Jesus Christ. I will follow him. I'm on his team. So it's our signing day, our public declaration of our allegiance to Jesus. And then third reason this day is so momentous is because it is the moment that publicly unites us to the church. Right after talking about baptism in verse 37, Paul says in verse 38, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free man, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, the moment that you believed the gospel, you became part of God's church, but you were a stealth member. You were a silent partner. We didn't know you were part of the church. You were sitting on the sidelines until baptism. Baptism is the moment when you declare to us that this is your family. We are your people. This is where you belong. Baptism is when you sign up to be part of this family, not just Grace Bible Church, but Jesus' church on the planet. You tie your fate to this church when you get baptized. As Jesus' church prospers, so you will prosper. As it suffers, so you will suffer. You tie yourself to the body of Christ publicly when you get baptized. You're a silent partner no more. You're part of the family for all to see. So baptism is not an ordinary day. It's not a routine event. It's life-changing, even more than your wedding. It's huge. It's extraordinary. It's momentous. You will remember it forever. So we're really excited this morning to get to celebrate this extraordinary day with eight of our fellow believers in Jesus Christ here at Southwood. We did eight in the first service, eight in the second service. Really excited to celebrate this day with them as in obedience to Jesus, they declare to all of us their allegiance to their Savior and their participation, their unity with us, his body. And so come on up, guys. Let's go ahead and get started doing these baptisms. I've spoken plenty you guys will come to the stage.